Hey everyone, welcome to the NetSuite Podcast. I'm your host, Kendall Fisher. Hopefully, many of you have been keeping up with our Superheroes of Finance series, but in case you haven't, the series celebrates all you real-world superheroes and helps you become the champion of truth, justice, and profitability for your organization. We've unveiled a new member of the Superheroes of Finance each month, and this month is dedicated to Inspector Skew. Barney Beal, NetSuite content director and one of the creative minds behind the development of our superheroes, will dive into Inspector Skew's origin story and his superpower ability to help growing businesses manage their inventory accurately and efficiently. Beal will also discuss some of the challenges businesses face with inventory management and how a system like NetSuite with real-time visibility and a unified suite that informs all aspects of a business helps in overcoming those hurdles. Then we'll bring on a real life superhero of finance, Anson Hatch, the director of finance for Chalk Couture to discuss his origin story, his journey with the business and how he uses his own superpower implementing new technology to help the business continue to scale. Hatch will explain why he's chosen to implement NetSuite for three, I repeat, three different companies and how this decision helped Chalk Couture specifically manage rapid growth. He'll even explain why the business decided to implement NetSuite WMS amid supply chain and inventory obstacles caused by the pandemic and how all of that is informing an optimistic future for Chalk Couture. Stay tuned. You're listening to the NetSuite podcast, where we discuss what's happening within NetSuite, why we're doing it and where we're heading in the future. We'll dive into the details about the software and the people at NetSuite who are behind all the moving parts. We'll also feature customer growth stories, discussing the ups and downs of running a company and how one integrated system can help your business continue to scale. First up, I'd like to welcome NetSuite content director, Barney Beal to introduce Inspector Skew. Hi Barney, welcome back to the NetSuite podcast. Oh, hi, Kendall. Thanks for having me back. So glad to have you. Um, You know, for those who haven't listened yet, we had Barney on actually to discuss a previous superhero, Intangible Girl, a few months ago. Um, Barney's a huge part of the creative process behind building these origin stories for these superheroes and, um, you know, letting our audience and, and those who are heavily involved in the superhero world get to know these superheroes and why they are who they are, um, and how they became that way. So Barney, today we're going to dive into Inspector Skew. So let's do it. What can you tell us about him? What's his origin story and superpower? Yeah, sure. I mean, this one has been uh, kind of a fun one because we've moved moved out of the kind of the financial world now and into a warehouse and supply chain for this character. Mm -hmm. And uh, Inspector Skew, he starts out as an ordinary warehouse inspector consulting for large product companies, but, but one day an accident traps him in a warehouse for days, but this accident also gives him superhuman strength, the ability to conduct a physical inventory count in just milliseconds, and uh, he's also created some advanced robotics and scanning technology. Um, the full story and a kind of a pretty cool video is up on the NetSuite blog. Yes, and I will make sure um, I include a link to that blog in the description of this episode. Um, but obviously, you know, we talk a lot about inventory management with our customers and um, here at NetSuite. It's a big challenge for businesses. Can you explain why? 
Yeah, sure. I mean, look, uh, there there have been warehouses and inventory basically since people became hunter gatherers, right? But mm-hmm. kind of keeping an accurate count and location just continues to be a challenge for product companies. Really, I mean, the more accurate you are with this, the more profitable you can become. Um, they need to not only know how much of a certain item they have and where it is and maybe how long it's good for, they need to be able to communicate that information quickly to the rest of the business, whether that's the finance team that needs it for accounting purposes, whether that's customers that want an update on their order status or their, their suppliers when they need to order more. Um, you know, it's really the accuracy and the volume of data that they need to worry about these days um, because warehouse operations can be costly. Um, yeah. You know, I'd add that during the pandemic, a lot of companies discovered the limits of the just-in-time inventory management practices they were following kind of when so many of their supply chains ground to a halt. And they've had to rethink how much inventory they keep on hand. And if they have, they don't have a strong handle on it in the first place or what they had in the past and how quickly products move through, it becomes very difficult to navigate that. Yeah, absolutely. We're actually going to talk to one of our NetSuite customers um, after our interview with you. Um, it's Anson Hatch. He's the director of finance for Chalk Couture. Um, they actually faced something very similar where they were you know, finding themselves with stockouts, not being able to meet customer demand, um, and actually implemented NetSuite WMS uh, to help them overcome that. Um, but more than just obviously keeping accurate counts and you know, costly, um, the, the cost that, that may become of, you know, having too much stock or not having enough stock and having to quickly uh, remediate that. How does this impact growth? Like how does, how do these challenges that businesses constantly face with inventory management create a barrier for them to continue to scale? Sure. Yeah. I mean, certainly at some point businesses can sort of handle their inventory with spreadsheets or even pen and paper or when they're pretty small initially, but any sort of growth really kind of makes those sort of systems untenable to the problems they start seeing with, with data entry errors, um, sharing information across departments and accuracy overall, right? And once those problems start creeping in, that's when you start seeing stockouts, um, overstock, and that kind of impacts sales as well as brings in added cost to, to storage. Um, even worse, they may be sending out incorrect or partial orders. And that kind of impacts the customer experience and long-term profitability and, and ultimately growth, right? And ultimately an efficient warehouse drives up an inefficient warehouse, I should say, drives up costs in a lot of ways with things like storage, labor costs, lost stock, um, particularly for those companies that that are dealing with perishable goods. Mm -hmm. So in our, you know, kind of fictional superhero of finance world, Inspector Skew helps businesses solve these challenges. But what about in the real world. I mentioned, you know, uh, Chocotour ended up implementing NetSuite WMS to help them overcome it. Um, why? Why? How does NetSuite help businesses overcome these? And what else can help um, in kind of, you know, making sure inventory management is running, is running properly? Right. Yeah. I mean, at some point, businesses are just going to need to make that investment in, in an inventory management and then potentially a warehouse management system. Um, mm-hmm. And determining when that point is might sound a little difficult, but really what we've seen is that um, they're more affordable and people need them far earlier than they often think that they do. Um, mm-hmm. And so these systems, if they reduce labor costs by, by automating the receiving process when items come in, directing where products need to go, and, and telling workers not only where to pick them up, but the most efficient path to take um, and the order to pick them up in, and it, all depending on the rules of their warehouse and their business. Um, you know, for example, NetSuite can help them pick multiple orders at once, and we're making them far more efficient. Um, and then these kind of systems become even more important when businesses expand to multiple warehouses. 
And then a system like NetSuite also ensures the in inventory data is, is in a central location that's accessible to all, where it can right. be shared for things like demand forecasting, tracking, auditing. That's when you really start to see kind of the benefits of having a unified system that, that can impact planning and strategy. Right, definitely. Um, so other than Inspector Skew's origin story, what, what other types of content can our audience team check out to learn more about, you know, some of what Inspector Skew does, some of the, you know, the ways that NetSuite can help businesses overcome their inventory management challenges and, and so forth? Yeah, sure. I mean, well, there's there's a ton of inventory management content on, on the NetSuite blogs and, and NetSuite's Brainyard site. Um, we recently published one on the importance of inventory management for service companies, services companies, which, you know, not everyone thinks about. Um, but I'd also point out uh, a business solutions article we did recently on, on 20 inventory management challenges and their solutions. And finally, just go to the, the NetSuite, the inventory management product page on NetSuite.com. There's just a ton of resources there. It, it points you off site. Um, and I, finally, we we just kind of issued the release for NetSuite 2021 release two. Um, mm -hmm. And there's some some cool enhancements to what we're doing with, with inventory management there and doing things like automated lot numbering and, and some updates to the mobile warehouse management app. Yeah, absolutely. We just also did a podcast on that um, recently. So if you haven't had a chance, go check out the 2021 release two podcast episode. Um, and as Barty, Barney alluded to, I will um, include all of those links, especially for you know the, the 20 inventory management challenges to overcome the blog to 2021 release two and Inspector Skew's origin story. And with that, Barney, thank you so much for joining us. You bet, Kendall. Thanks for having me again. Does your business have trouble managing inventory, projects, or even getting paid on time? Don't let spreadsheets and QuickBooks hold you back. If you want to get your business to a better place, take action now and make the move to NetSuite. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and all the old software you've outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need, all in one place, instantaneously. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save time and money with NetSuite. Join the over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com business. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com business. netsuite.com business. Now I'm excited to introduce Anson Hatch, a real-life superhero and the director of finance for Chalk Couture. Hi, Anson. Welcome to the NetSuite podcast. Hi, Kendall. Great to be with you today. I'm excited to dive into your superhero of finance story. And actually, now that we have some details on Inspector Skew and his origin story, it's just, you know, next step is we need to know all about you, our real life superhero of finance for this episode. So what is your backstory? Tell us a bit about yourself and your career journey. Sure. Um, well, let's see here. I was born and raised in Maine and uh, and came to Utah, went to school out here um, and have stayed ever since working for several different companies here. I... Uh, I worked for a CPA firm for six years, and after being uh, in public accounting that long, I decided I never wanted to continue on with that. Let's get out in the private sector and do something different. So I left there. Um, since then, I have been the controller at, at three other companies. Um, I've implemented NetSuite 
um, at three different places, including Chakutor, where I'm at right now, where I've been for about a year and a half now as their director of finance. So there's wow. a little backstory on me. We love to hear that. Um, I have spent quite a bit of time in Sandy, Utah, which is where my best friend's mom lives. Um, and I love it there. We, it's always a joy to get to go there, especially during winter time. <laughs> get in a little skiing, right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. We always get to, I mean, it's a little bit of a drive, but we had to park city at least one or two days. So there you go. very cool. So I, ha- I have to ask, um, where did your love for finance stem from? You know, my dad was a finance major in college and my parents owned a real estate business. And so it was a family run business. I was involved in everything. And my dad, um, you know, he sh- he shared his knowledge with me kind of from the beginning, from the time I was a young child and uh, and gave me a lot of direction and a lot of insight in, into the business world. And I really appreciated it. And it was kind of one of those things where I, when I went to college, I just said, OK, what's something that I can do that that um, that I know I'll have that level of comfort with and but that will be technical enough that it will challenge me. And, and that's where the whole accounting and finance side of things came from in my life. That's great. Um, and if you could pick one, what would you say is your finance superpower? I don't know as if I necessarily have a finance superpower, but I guess, you know, some of the things that I can do is that I, that I think I'm good at, let's put it this way. I can transition companies off of systems that maybe are not working for them. Well, I I can look at a company and say, okay, here's its needs. Here's its deficiencies. Here's the areas of improvement where we can really kind of level up and, and, and take our operations to the next level, Um, make a plan, and then go forward and execute it, get people to buy in on it. I guess that's probably my biggest superpower in terms of, in terms of that. Anton, that is music to a NetSuite podcaster's ears. I mean, that is a great answer. And that is what we do here at NetSuite. And clearly you've been through three implementations. So, you know, round of applause for you because <laughs> that that's awesome to hear from, uh, from our perspective. Um, and now we're going to actually dive into how you use that superpower, how you transition Chocotor over to NetSuite um, as the director of finance. But can you first tell us a bit about the company? What is Chocotor all about? about? Sure. So Chocolate Tour has been in business for about five years now. Um, We are a classy do-it-yourself home decor company. Um, Basically, it's you know, a product that like even the most uncrafty person can use. Trust me, I don't have a crafty bone in my body. I'm a dance guy. I don't have any creativity. That is not my forte at all. But uh, this product that we have, as I always say, it's kind of idiot proof. Literally, the first day that you're here, they take you through a whole training and you learn exactly how to use all of this product as an employee. And then you say, okay, I can do this. Other people can do this as well. Um, you know, we specialize in chalk paste and ink. That's our own you know, proprietary uh, methodology that we use of, of creating that stuff. Um, we have transfers, we have surfaces. Um, the products can be changed with the season. That's kind of one of the, one of the great things about our product is that most of it is water-based. And so you simply can, can wipe off whatever you've, you, whatever you've created if you want to change it with the seasons or whatnot, and then change to a new thing and you know, continue using the same surfaces. The transfers that we have are reusable. And so it's a very crafty, friendly product, I guess would be the best way to describe it. I love it. So, I mean, like tagline here is, Chocotor, so easy, even the left-brained people can do it, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I love that. Um, so you joined Chocotor in 2019. What did you see in the company that made you want to be part of it? 
You know, it was one of those things where you kind of looked at it from the outside and you're like, okay, this is an interesting product. But then when you really kind of got in, you found out more about the company and, you know, kind of how it was started, that it was just literally, it was kind of this grassroots. It wasn't some big company that came in and said, all right, we're going to spin off and do this. It was literally a couple of individuals that came up with the idea. And I looked at it and I said, man, there is huge growth potential with this, with this company. Um, they have unbelievable products that you know, are, are able to be used by anybody. And the team that was already here was a very driven team. Um, and that was the thing that, that really stuck out to me is everybody that was here that was working was totally bought into the product, totally bought into the direction that the company was headed into. And they were just willing to do anything to make sure that that happened. And you don't find that a lot. You know, you find a lot of times when you're, when you go and you look at a new company, you know, you, people are somewhat bought in, but you know, a lot of nine to five, Hey, five o'clock comes and I'm out the door. And that was not what I was finding here. I was finding that, you know, people were willing to, you know, even the CFO was out back packing boxes sometimes. Like it just, mm-hmm. it was one of those things that you're like, okay, this, you know, like everybody's bought into this. Everybody wants to make this company work. And, and, it was it was just a pleasure to kind of come in and, and find that atmosphere. I mean, I think that's a lesson for anybody who's looking at, you know, jobs right now um, or ever. Um, look at look at what what's going on right at the company. Look at how much the uh, everyone else is passionate about whatever it is that you're doing or selling. I think that's a really, really great takeaway. Yeah. Um, but of course, with all the positive, there's got to be a little room for growth, right? Um, so what were some of the big challenges you faced in coming into this role with Chalk Couture? Sure. Um, you know, I mean, anytime you come in, you're always like, okay, where are we going to make things better? And this is, you know, kind of talked about, this is one of my superpowers, I guess, you know, the in- inventory management side of things was just, it, it, it wasn't great. The ordering process and, and, and scheduling and forecasting and all that stuff was a bit of a mess. Um, our inventory at the time was held in three separate warehouses and the inventory was run on spreadsheets. Now, listen, there's nothing wrong with that as a company is getting started and as a company is growing, you know, you can't have every system working perfectly, but there was so much room for improvement of, okay, let's look at this. Let's, let's figure out what our true inventory is. Let's figure out, you know, manufacturing costs. Let's figure out all of that type of stuff that somewhat had been unknown beforehand. You know, in the reporting, you know, you're, you're seeing things, you're kind of working in silos, you know, this group's doing this, this group's doing that. And at the end of the month, you know, the finance team is kind of expected to, okay, let's pull this all together and, you know, try to get numbers as close as we can. And the reporting was kind of all over the place. And we realized, you know, okay, we need to make some changes here. If we're really going to level up and be, you know, and be that next level cutting edge company, we got to make some changes. There's lots of room for improvement. And these were kind of the things that we, you know, that I saw as we came in. Yeah. I mean, a lot to unpack there, speaking of inventory. Um, um, but I want to know, how did you see this impacting growth for Chalk Couture? There's some, there's some big barriers there, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when, when you're looking at it and, you know, when there's consolidated data that is not there, um, it's really hard to plan, to budget, to forecast, to, to look at the future at all. When you don't have per se, reliable things that you can roll back on and say, all right, let's see, well, like what percentage of this sold last year? And, and, you know, what were our drivers last year? Was there, was there, was there certain things that sold more than others? And what were we looking at? And how can we look forward into the future? And there was kind of all of that stuff that was there and kind of without true hard data that you can really rely on that growth a lot of times is impacted and, and you just don't see it because you don't have the direction that you need. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Um, 
so then tell me how you, I, I, we sneak peek that you gave in, you know, your first sentence <laughs> here with us, but, uh, how, how did you go about overcoming those challenges? What would you say was your, I'm air quoting right now, secret weapon, um, in kind of helping to fix all of this? Well, our secret weapon, as a lot of others that are going to be on here know, is it was NetSuite. I mean, we, you know, having implemented it twice at two other companies and seen what it could do for the company, how, how you know, it, it, it truly did level us up by getting all of the data in one place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and truly being able to say, okay, now we're going to run this. We're going to run inventory. We're going to run all of our financials. We're going to run. We we implemented in, in a, the advanced manufacturing portion of things. That was, you know, it, we're still working on it. It's still right. it's still a build in process. But to be able to get the true cost of production and inventory was just like that. That right there alone made a huge difference, you know, in our company. And, you know, finance and inventory now working hand in hand regarding planning, budgeting. You know, let's let's look forward here. Let's say, you know, how many of these are we really going to need to buy? How, you know, what's going to be our trend that we're going to see going forward? All of that type of stuff. You know, we, we knew we had to have it. We knew we had to have some sort of a system in place that would grow with our company. And that's that's what NetSuite was. We were, you know, like I said, the inventory was running on, on spreadsheets. And I mean, I don't know how long you really can run inventory on spreadsheets, especially when you're looking at things and you don't have day-to-day real true how many of these specific items do I have in our warehouse right now? Because a lot of times, I mean, you know, businesses know this. Sometimes you'll have 5,000 products in a warehouse and they'll be sold the next day because something big will hit and suddenly those things will, will, will just move out of your warehouse. That inventory will be gone and you think you've got it and suddenly you don't. And now you're having to shut that off. And how long is it going to take us to get those same products back in? And, and you know, and the planning of all of that type of stuff, it was, it's just so difficult when you don't have one system that works throughout the company to make sure that you've got all of your data in one place. And, you know, having implemented NetSuite before, I knew that NetSuite had the capabilities to do that. I knew that NetSuite had the capabilities to grow with our company as, as we continued to grow. And that's literally, I mean, we, we all kind of looked at one another and said, okay, I know NetSuite works. Everyone else here kind of saw the demos and they said, yeah, we see exactly how this can level up with us. And that's, I mean, we, it was, it was a no brainer. We made the, we made the decision immediately and started moving forward. What a story. And I can't help but ask, you know, the, over the past year and a half business have businesses have been experiencing so many issues in terms of, you know, supply chain and inventory and materials and, you know, things stuck in ports and whatnot. Um, how has the past year and a half impacted business for Chalk Couture and your supply chain? And how have you navigated that? I mean, that's all so much planning there too, right? And I can only imagine the amount of DIY projects people are were doing during this time. It was very, very interesting because we, you know, when when this whole pandemic hit, we weren't sure what was going to happen to our business just simply because, you know, we were looking, you know, like you said, we were looking at supply chain. We were looking at, okay, end users, are people going to be spending their money to, to do home decor projects, that type of stuff. And so it was a real, like the first couple of months, it was incredibly tense. And, you know, just, is, is this going to work? Are we going to be able to, you know, to continue on? Is our company going to continue functioning and, and growing as it was, or even, you know, are we even going to stay viable at this point? There was a lot of unknowns, but as things got, you know, kind of got started, we, you know, we were able to kind of transfer things and, and make sure that our production continued and, and whatnot. We saw that people were continuing to buy our product on a fairly regular basis. And our, you know, our company was extremely blessed 
in terms of that. But, you know, like lots of companies, we ran into all sorts of problems that, that were just unexpected. For instance, you know, our pastener ink comes in a three ounce jar. It's a clear plastic round jar that we have to have a certain size for because like our filling and manufacturing machines have to use a certain size. You can't just suddenly change that machine and be like, okay, we're gonna stuff a six ounce jar through this. So, you know, there's a specific product that we bought for several years from the same company that, you know, always produced this product for us. And we thought we had, you know, a fair amount of inventory. You got a hundred thousand jars. That, that's enough. You know, we'll, it'll take us for a few months and then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll restock that product. Well, when it came time, when our, you know, stock levels started getting down and we said, okay, let's, let's reorder these things. We contacted our supplier and the supplier said, I'm sorry, we can't, we can't build those right now. And come to find out they had like transformed their, their whole production facility into making bottles for hand sanitizer because oh they could make way more money selling hand hand sanitizer bottles to companies that were trying to produce that than they could selling, you know, three ounce jars to us. So we had to just, I mean, it was an absolute scramble. What on earth are we going to do? We can't stop production. We, you know, how are we going to do this? And so it was, okay, just everybody scattered. Let's try to source this anywhere we can. You know, you call any sort of contacts that you've got and let's figure this out. And luckily enough, we were able to find what, well, you know, our, our, our VP of operations was able to find a contact that he had that was able to, to get us a jar that was close enough in size that it would still work with our production facilities. And so we were able to buy those. I mean, day saved. Okay, great. <laughs> then the next thing that comes along, well, the lids that go on top of those jars, oh. thought we had plenty of those. Well, guess what? Those lids are gone. And now the 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 tie, again, same type of thing, companies, you know, the, the, the company that was providing that for us, now they're functioning in a different capacity. So then, okay, now we're going to try to find a lid. Well, it, really funny story here. So we found these lids that were bright purple. Now, one of Chalk Couture's main kind of scheme colors is purple, okay? Wow. And so we're like, okay, normally our lids are all black. Everything yeah. we have is black or white, but almost everything is black. And, and so we said, okay, well, we're going we're gonna to try these purple ones. And it was the funniest thing because literally we started producing these purple ones. They started shipping out. And all of the people that bought our product thought, oh my gosh, these are like limited edition things. Look at this. He's and social media just blew up. And we, like, we're all sitting here going, those were a mistake, but everybody loves them. And this is awesome, you know? And so yeah. it was just another one of those, those kind of pivots that had to happen for us. Getting product in from overseas. We produce stuff here in-house and we also purchase stuff from overseas. And those shipments, you know, normally stuff that you'd plan that would take six weeks to get from our manufacturer across over to here, they were taking up to three months plus because one, they couldn't find containers to ship the product to us. Two, once it got here, the, the port authorities and those that were going, you know, doing customs here, they, they, there wasn't the availability of those customs agents to go through all of the products. And so it would just sit there at the port. Right, right. And there were so many things that kind of hit with that. And so that was another portion of things. But probably the biggest thing that happened to us was with the shortage of labor that, that kind of happened where, mm -hmm. uh, you know, things shut down. Our, our third party logistics company that we had, that we had a warehouse here in Salt Lake and a warehouse in Atlanta as well, um, they really were not able to provide the level of service that they had that they had contracted with us. And so there were some points that we were 15 business days behind in shipping product. So imagine if you ordered something and it, it didn't ship literally for 15 business days, so like three and a half weeks until the product shipped and you weren't getting it for almost a month. And so we said, okay, we've got to make a change here. We've got to figure this out now. 
And so we decided, okay, we're going to bring all of our products back in house. We're going to, we're going to get more warehouse space in the area that we're in here. And we're going to bring all of our pick, pack, ship and warehousing in house. Yeah. And so we went from like 70 employees to 140 employees in like a two month period and, you know, had to reconfigure our warehouse, had to, had to find some sort of a shipping system that worked. And as we were looking at this, we said, okay, thank heavens we have NetSuite because NetSuite has a WMS system. None of us had ever really used NetSuite's WMS system, but we said, okay, it's there. There's capabilities. Let's find out and figure out about this. So we got in contact with our NetSuite reps and said, listen, this is what we've got to do. We've got to do this as fast as possible. And they stepped right in, gave us the demos that we needed. We said, okay, this is how we can make this work where we're at. And we immediately started implementing NetSuite WMS. And I can say this, I mean, NetSuite was a lifesaver because we were able to get that up and running in about a two month period, which is kind of unheard of when you really think about it. And we were able to start shipping all of those products out of our own warehouse. And within about three weeks of us getting that going, we got our, we got our ship times down to about five business days. Wow. And I mean, it really, you know, it, it transformed our company and allowed us to, to continue selling at the level that all of our customers expected from us. And we yeah. couldn't have done that without NetSuite. We couldn't have. What a story. There's so, I mean, wow. Um, so I have to ask, you know, we're looking, we're looking ahead now. We are, we are looking ahead. There might be some blips in the road, but we are definitely looking ahead, looking at, you know, this new age of growth. So my first question around that is what would you say you're taking from the lessons you learned over the past year and a half and everything that, that you dealt with, what are you taking and moving forward with? Um, how are, how are you moving forward as we take on this sort of, you know, new oper- new opportunities to really continue to, to scale business? I guess, you know, the biggest things that I look at is, is don't simply put your eggs in one basket, have multiple suppliers, um, find them, you know, find availability in, in people that can produce your product for you. Um, don't just rely on those on those single individuals. And a lot of times look inward as well. Um, you know, we we manufacture a lot of wood type of products that you know we buy and we sell that type of stuff. And we literally said, you know what, it may cost us a little bit more, but we're going to bring that manufacturing in house. And so we we started looking at that and saying, okay, for us to have that level that we need for our customers, you know, we, we need to be able to produce this product and have it when we need it. And so we did, we brought that in house and, and we're getting ready to launch that here within around about the next six weeks. Um, so that will cut down on our lead times. It's going to cut, you know, it's going to change our cash flow. Um, there's so many things that, you know, before this ever happened that you just didn't even think about. You just always expected your suppliers to be able to provide the stuff for you. And, oh, if somebody couldn't, then we'll go find it somewhere else. But it seemed like there was so many shortages and, and, and minimums that we just, you couldn't expect. And with that, we've learned so much and, and learned to pivot and say, okay, let's, let's plan better. Let's, let's look at this and let's make sure we never get in this predicament again. Yeah. And how will you use NetSuite to continue to scale and grow? Well, you know, one of the great things with NetSuite is uh, is one world that they have that's, you know, as, as you expand internationally, it's able to grow with you. And that's kind of our next big thing is once the world kind of gets back up and running again is international expansion for us. Right now, currently, you know, we, we, we sell here in the United States and we sell in Canada, but we're really looking to to globally expand within the next five years and, you know, take this business all across the world. 
And, you know, if you're on QuickBooks, you can't do that. I'm sorry. It just Mm -hmm. does not work. But with NetSuite, the availability that's there to be able to grow, to to be able to do, you know, cross-country subsidiaries and all of that type of things and multi-currency, which a lot of systems don't have the capabilities, but NetSuite has the capability. And that's, you know, that's kind of our our forward-looking thing is we're we're expanding internationally and we're going to make this business grow exponentially. That's great. Um, so I have to ask, you know, you, you speak so highly of NetSuite. We'd love to hear it. Um, and you've done three implementations as we discussed. What is it about NetSuite? Why do we stand out from competitors? And what would you tell other finance leaders who are currently running on QuickBooks or using spreadsheets or whatever they're using um, about specifically choosing NetSuite as their next step to growth? Sure. You know, I always tell people to do their homework, you know, make sure that the, that what you're buying is truly, you know, going to expand with your company. But the thing about NetSuite, I mean, I literally worked in it now for 11 years. I saw a lot of terrible software when I was an auditor and a lot of stuff that just the functionality was not there and the reporting was not there and the, you know, the ability truly for a business to have insights into, into what was really going on was just, it, it wasn't there. It was kind of archaic in some ways. And the first time that I saw NetSuite, I remember I thought, okay, this is an interesting product. This, this, you know, the functionality, if it's really what they say it is, this, this could really kind of be a game changer. And that's the thing that I've seen is NetSuite has the ability to change and to grow with your company. And the other thing that I've seen is that NetSuite doesn't just like rely on its laurels. It's constantly reinvesting, trying to improve the product, bringing in, you know, more systems, more things that they just add into the base product. Every year, it seems like there are things that are changing and they're constantly improving the system. And it's not just the same system that it was 10 years ago. If you look at it 10 years ago, as compared to what it is now, it is night and day. And at that's very hard to find in a in a an accounting software company one that will continue to grow to develop products to give you what you need as a business to level up and to continue to grow and that's what i found with netsuite their trainings are unbelievable and their you know the knowledge base that's out there and as people get into it you know there there really is kind of a community and you start making contacts here and there and and those people will call you and you'll call them and say hey i've got this problem but aren't you kind of in this in this sort of a scenario that you've had something like this happen before and and it is i mean it is it's like a community there's people that i've literally known for 10 years that still run NetSuite that I still call and contact today as I did 10 years ago. And there's not a lot of businesses that you find that are like that, that are out there in the world today. Yeah. And that's a great point. You know, we do have Sweet World coming up um, in person and virtually if you're not quite ready to get out there, but that's happening um, in October at the end of October. Uh, so I know Anson that you've been to, to Sweet Worlds in the past and looking forward to bringing that community together. Really, you know, like I said, I'm excited for the in-person, but if you're um, joining virtually, you will get a a great experience to really do that, to meet with the community, the NetSuite community, to ask questions to other companies and other business leaders that are going through maybe some, some of the similar things that you you're currently going through and have some, have some answers for you, which is great. Um, But Anton, it's not all about NetSuite. I want to conclude our conversation today um, with, you know, just some words for all of the I'm air quoting again, unsung heroes of finance. What would you want to share about them? What do you wish more people knew? Um, I guess I wish that more people knew that most finance people that you meet, 
their job isn't just a nine to five job. They think about it all the time. They think about improvement. They think about how can I better my company? How can I be a better employee? You know, they, it, it doesn't, when a lot of times people just leave their job and somebody else comes right in and then just picks up where they're at. That doesn't happen with us on the finance side of things. Our job is here when we come back to it the very next day. It doesn't, somebody else doesn't usually step in and do your job for you. And it's, it's something that, you know, you make it your own. You help, you're the one that's helping your company grow and you make it your own. And I wish sometimes that people would listen to their finance teams more closely because they really do kind of have their finger and their pulse on exactly what's going on in the company. And, and if people understand that, you know, the finance side of things is truly what drives most companies, um, they might listen to, to their employees a little more closely because a lot of them have a lot of good ideas and, and they just need to take the time to, to understand their employees' passion and, and, and how much they, you know, they truly do think about their jobs day and night. Yeah, that's, I love that. No better way to end this episode. We truly believe everything you just said, we believe here at NetSuite. And that's why we want to help you guys do your jobs better. Um, so great way to end, Anson. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Kendall. It's been a pleasure. A really great note to end on there. A finance person's role doesn't end when the workday is over. They're constantly considering ways to help businesses grow. And that is precisely why we have a superhero series dedicated to them. Thank you so much to Chalkators, Anson Hatch, and Barney Beal for joining us on this episode. I've left some links in the description of this episode if you want to learn more about Inspector Skew, Inventory Management, and Chalkator. I also want to shout out to our editing crew over at Lampstand, and of course, all of you superheroes for tuning in. Chat next time. You just listened to the NetSuite podcast. Be sure to tune in every week with more NetSuite developments, stories, and insights into the benefits of one integrated system to help you run your business.